Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and this is the third annual Choice Prize Preview Special and it's the third annual time that I've been joined by John Barker from Totally Irish on 98FM. John, how's it going? Hello Ono, great to be here again. Are, are you excited about what we're going to talk about over the next hour? Well, I can't wait. I mean, I've spent the last few days listening to the 10 albums that we're going to be discussing. Uh, I've written a few notes and I'm, I'm ready to lock horns with you and hopefully have as many arguments as we've had in previous years. So this is, uh, I think it's the 15th choice prize for the Irish album of the year. Uh, the show takes place in Vicker Street this Thursday, March the 7th. Um, they're going to be discussing 10 albums. 10 judges are going to be discussing 10 albums. Those albums are The Academic, Tales from the Backseat, De Laurentos for True Surrender, Just Mustard for Wednesday, Kojak, Delhi Daydreams, Lisa O'Neill is up for Heard a Long Gone Song, Awemper are up for their final album, Jason, Reggie Snow is up for Dear Annie, his debut album, Saint Sister, Shape of Silence, Villagers for The Art of Pretending to Swim, and Wyvern Lingo for their self-titled debut album, Wyvern Lingo. So uh, you've got the judges there, John. Do you want to give us uh, a sample before we get into the discussion of those 10 tracks? Who are the 10 judges who picked that shortlist and who are also going to be discussing it in a room in an undisclosed location while we're watching nine of those 10 bands perform at Vicker Street? Yeah, of course. I mean, quite often it's not with the Choice Music Prize. It's not necessarily about who you think should win or even what the best album is or what album you think deserves to win. It's usually about, well, it's always about who the judges are going to go for. And the judges this year that have to decide the best Irish album of 2018 are Louise Cantillon. She is, uh, well, she was the presenter of the Irish music show in 4FM. I think she's moved now to a daytime radio show on Spin Set West. She's from Limerick. Stephen White, who uh, is in charge of The Last Mixtape, which is a, a really good Irish music blog, uh, own that we both referenced, I think, over the years. By the way, he had Saint Sister as his best album of 2018. Just thought I'd throw it out there. Tara Stewart is uh, presenter with 2FM, big into her hip-hop music, as is Dean Van Noyen, who is a music journalist as well, as is Zara Hederman, big Villagers fan, by the way. You know Zara quite well. Yeah, she's been on uh, the Point of Everything podcast a couple of times. She's a really, really uh, great critic. Really like her, her writing and her opinions. Another judge is Ed Smith. He is a Today FM radio presenter, um, and he is also a producer for Today FM, and he's also a Spurs fan on... And that means that he is probably the best of the judges in my books. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comments. Who do you support? Uh, Manchester United. Oh, come on. Connor McCaffrey is, or runs, I should say, a music blog, which is called Moo Kid Music. And he also, along with Stephen White, had uh, a top 30 albums of 2018 shortlist only a few weeks ago. And guess what? He had one Irish act in that top 30 albums, and that was Girls Names who didn't even make the shortlist. So who knows, I guess, which of the 10 albums that he's going to be rooting for this Thursday night when the judges are trying to decide, but it's probably going to be along the lines of maybe Just Mustard or somebody like that. Cathy Moorhead is a radio producer for Across the Line up north. I don't know a huge amount about her. Danny McElhinney writes for the Irish Mail on Sunday, 
and rumor has it that he's a fan of villagers. And Mike McGrath, Brian, you you know Mike, don't you? He's a fellow Corkornian. Yes, he's from Cork. He writes a lot for Nile or Nine, and he does some stuff for the Evening Echo newspaper as well, and various other bits and pieces. He's also got his own kind of podcast show called Red on Red on Red FM, Red FM Online, where he does various interviews with uh, various music creators and writers in uh, Cork City. So those are the 10 judges who are going to be deciding on the Irish Album of the Year. Before we get into the album-by-album discussion that we're going to have over the course of the next hour, uh, I did think that we should talk about some of the albums that didn't make it. Not that we should focus on them, but I feel like there are a couple that could have made that shortlist who deserved a little bit more attention. Um, First and foremost, in my mind, is one that I've been banging the drum for for all... um, at least three quarters of 2018. Paddy Hannifer, Frankly, I Mutate, his second album, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant album. His, it's almost like a collaborative work in a way with uh, Danny Fox from Girl Band, who's just one of the best producers in the country, if not the best producer right now. And Aina Brennan, uh, aka Dowry, is on strings for that album. And I think it's such a great album. Uh, I think Paddy made the album of his career. And I'm a little bit disappointed that it didn't make the the uh, shortlist because um, it's certainly in my top three or four um for favorite albums i actually have kind of like an alternative shortlist of acts who could have been nominated if you'll uh yeah go for it uh, who's made is it 10 albums as well uh i think it's 10 albums yeah or 10 artists anyway i don't think i have the names next to it david kitt for use uh his first solo album in a while he was nominated last year under his new jackson guys i think he was a little bit disappointed not to get nominated this time around Hilary Woods for Inhaler probably should have been up there, as is Bridget May Power, who I think uh, created such an amazing album with The Two Worlds. Spies released their long-awaited debut album, which I know you're a big fan of, John. Yeah, I, I love that. I've been following Spies for, for years, and uh, I think we're going to talk later on about the fact that Wyvern Lingo and St. Sister took their time <laughs> recording their debut album, well, Spies most certainly did. Uh, and it was well worth the wait. They completely changed their sound, I guess, from their original guitar style that they had when they came out in like 2009 2010 and they went a bit more electronic with it and uh, yeah I i would have liked to have seen them make the make the shortlist are there any more on your shortlist uh slow moving clouds released such an interesting album um they're almost like an avant-garde type of album maybe it kind of counted against them a little bit but they're so good they're great live as well if you get a chance to uh, see them i know they're playing collins in april down in cork so uh get along to that if you get the chance the redneck manifesto probably released their latest album a little bit too late in the year to really be considered and also the fact it's an instrumental album might have counted against them i think lyrics do come into it a lot elephant uh went flew maybe too low under the radar for a lot of people who released a kind of a concept album called uh 88 which i know you had him in studio uh last year i think uh, january no only a few weeks ago last month um so a nice little bit of recognition for him maybe he should have been on it i think he got a five-star review in the irish times and i don't know um like galaxy and weaker corners are kind of stalwarts of the irish scene as well i'm kind of more surprised that they're not on the on the uh choice prize shortlist more than like deservedly on the choice prize shortlist yeah in, in particular the galaxy i think because when you think that may k joined them for this particular album pleasure and they're such a, an established act in the irish music scene so i would have I'm, I'm very surprised that they didn't make the shortlist however it's a great shortlist own in my opinion this is probably the strongest, the best shortlist that we've we've ever had. So congratulations to the ten judges. They've they've done an amazing jobs, an amazing job 
We have seven debut albums. We've only got two previous winners. And if only you look at the counties that are represented in this shortlist, we have Dundalk, Westmead, Dublin, Derry, Wicklow, Waterford, Furrow Emperor, but I'm going to give you Cork as well. And we also have Cavan, obviously, with Lisa O'Neill. So there's, there's a, a huge representation there from across the country. And it, it's a great shortlist. And we're going to go and we're going to chat about the albums on the shortlist. But you're not going to hear me giving out about too many of these albums, as opposed to last year and the year before when we did this podcast. Well, I mean, let's just get straight into it. And the academic, or the first band, we're going to go in alphabetical order over the discussion that's about to follow. Uh, the academic are first up with Tales from the Backseat which was released right at the start of 2018 and this would probably be number 10 if i was ranking the albums i think this is it's fine it's grand i haven't thought about the academic at all uh over the course of 2018 just because they're just not really on my radar they're on a lot of people's radar though they're playing uh like massive shows people love them they're on daytime radio a lot you read out a list of names of some of the guys who are on the radio who probably put the academic on their 10 uh, albums that they wanted to see i listened to it um, a bit during the week it's fine it sounds to me like they're a little bit de Laurento's album number one light you know it's it's it sounds like something from 10 years ago it's very inoffensive like i can't find anything to really fault with it other than like it's a bit bland there's a lot of songs about love in there like there's no real you, you know where it's going all the time their band have been around for about five years or something so it's quite an, an album that's been a while coming and i mean i really like bear claws i think that that they made a really great video for that that really uh caught my attention but apart from that i haven't really thought about the academic what about you uh, John, give me give me the scoop on them. What well, do you think? It, it, it's funny that you said you haven't really thought about them in 2018 because they actually released this album in the first week or two back in January, which kind of makes a mockery of this whole thing that there are like there's certain times of the year that you should release an album. They decided to do it in the first week or two. Uh, I think Wyvern Lingo released their self-titled album in February. Reggie Snow was the same February. So it kind of makes a mockery of the whole thing. Well, no, you shouldn't release an album, like especially the first week or two in January is probably the worst time you can do it, other than maybe the last week or two in December. Um, this it, it's They have been around for five or six years, and th there's been a lot of hype about the academic over those five or six years. There was lots of rumors, I, I can remember, over the last few years of labels looking at them and, and putting in offers and their management decided that no, whatever offers they were given weren't good enough. So we're going to stay independent for now. We're going to wait and we're going to release the debut album on our own independently. And that was, that's a, it's a risk because there's always that thought that, okay, maybe these offers aren't going to come around once we release this, this debut album, particularly because it's going to be released independently. Radio loved them. So Different was the first song, I think, that really took off uh, on radio. I know Today FM and 2FM played them a, a huge amount, played that, sorry, track a huge amount. Bear Claws is easily their, their biggest uh, track to date. If, if you look at it, even on, on Spotify, it's got like 10 million streams. So I've, I've interviewed the academic before, had them on the show, and they're lovely, lovely guys, and they've gone from being like teenagers to these kind of grown men who are now uh, starting off their music career. And but when when I when I listened to that album, the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm 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 way too old for this type of music. It is. I, I think it, it's very very much directed at a, a teenage audience or somebody in their early twenties. So it's catchy. It's it's immediate. Um, it, it's like attention craving. 
um, song after song, and it's easily the most mainstream album on on this on this shortlist. But it probably appeals to a younger younger audience in terms of the guitar hooks, the lyrics especially, uh, the melodies which are very much instant and, and straight to the point. But at, at the same time, it fully merited to be on this on this shortlist. I I I think it is because you said that earlier on. It's like there's, there's you can't really fault it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll have a go. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a little bit repetitive. I think it's a little bit whiny as well. Uh, Craig, I think he's the singer of the band. I just have a quote here from him. He says that they grew up on indie pop and then he names bands like the Kooks, the Killers, Kings Leon and the Strokes. You can see that coming through on the album. I've got uh, some lyrics here from uh, Northern Boy, which I just think show kind of the lack of stu- substance that's actually in the lyrics that like won't have me coming back to it it's like don't be afraid to love this ain't a game of love and don't be afraid to love and love again i don't get the way you feel and this ain't a movie real oh i know need, need i go on the lyrics are probably the weak point of the album yeah but but it's fine i don't think it's gonna win we move on to delavento's true surrender yes it's their fifth album they won for little sparks that was the year that i was a choice prize judge delarentos deserve a lot of credit for going for 14 years now and stronger than ever obviously they had that breakup about 10 years ago which uh golden plaque covered i did a little bit on my blog as well the point of everything where i talked about them and i think they've released another brilliant album again in true surrender you're a big fan of this i, I remember it, reading that during the year I, th- I think that it's such a good album um, they recorded it up in uh, Donegal in Attica Audio Studios with Tommy McLaughlin, who's in Villagers and in Soak as well. And every time that I see Tommy McLaughlin's name attached to something, it piques my interest. Rich Egan, Jape, features on the album as well. Uh, I got to talk to uh, Neil from the band and he said, you want to leave some kind of legacy when you're banned. We realized how privileged we are to still make music. And then he's talking about, you know, some of the bands that were their contemporaries, their peers back in 2005, 2006, um, who've all pretty much fallen from the wayside and their sound has continued to grow. They're very much a pop band. I think of this as a pop record, probably one of... uh, two or three or four on the choice prize shortlist uh I, th- I think that this is such a strong album i agree it's a pop record it's a, it's a mature pop record i mean we're going from the academic which is probably a, a young man's uh, pop record to to this de Laurentiis. not suggesting that de Laurentiis are over the hill or anything like that but i think if you look at the it, it, like it's it's easily their most and they'll tell you this themselves it's their most honest album yet um, it, it deals with lots of themes, but it's it's all about the struggles, the sadness, and also the elation of 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 life. And the album is a is a journey of where they've been, and where they've been is they've hadn't they like I I would love if they like when De Laurentiis decide to to hang up their guitars that they decide to do like a documentary or, or, or write a book or something like that because they've had an extraordinary journey. I mean. But so context is important in this sense that they've they've gone from releasing the debut album and there's like so much hype about them and then they nearly split up, which you, you mentioned split earlier up on for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks at least, yeah. yeah. Um, and then decide to, to have this farewell gig in Waylands, and um, before that they decide to get back together. Uh, you can make sound come com- comes out. They win the Choice Music Prize. They get signed to Universal. Everything's amazing, and they must have been at that stage thinking, okay. This is it now. We're set. And then after album number four comes out, they get dropped by Universal, and so that's where this album starts. So they're they're like, okay, what do we do? Well, where do we go from here? We're at the, we're at the crossroads. Do we decide to pack it in? 
you know, we've got our own lives going on outside of De Laurentiis, we're all doing different things, or do we decide to go independently? And that's what they decided to do. So they spent a, a long time rehearsing, writing new material. They weren't happy with it. They decided to go back to the drawing board, which must have taken uh, a, a lot of a lot of courage. And uh, they've come out with an album that they are really, really proud with. Um, it's their most mature record. But even in saying that, like sometimes you say something is a mature record and you think, well, it's a bit boring. But like there's, there's lots of radio-friendly songs on this album, such as Islands, which is the one that stands out most, uh, just like everybody else. And S.O.S., is uh, is very very kind of radio friendly. The thing I love about De Laurentiis, and it, it's throughout all of their five albums, is that they're they're so positive. They're so like their music is really optimistic, and that has been there since since day one. So, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Rose's voice as well. I could listen to him sing, you know, for hours and hours. And the, the opening track, Stormy Weather, um, I, I guess encapsulates the optimism and also it has rose voice as well so the the lyrics are i see stormy weather coming at me across the great water it's a true surrender like i've been longing for and at the end of it um the line is but as the waves rush over me i feel beauty like i never thought and it's it, there's there's always that sense of okay yeah i know life is hard but you know what things are going to get better and yeah. that that's always been there since since day one so yeah, I, I think it's a really good album. What's a criticism that you can throw at this album? I, I think it's so good. I think that maybe there's one or two boring songs on it. I think maybe some people will think there's maybe a little bit, uh, nothing really original sounding on it, but I, th- I think they're such a great band. I think they're a really underrated band critically as well. The criticism I could throw at it is a ridiculous criticism, but I'm gonna throw it Go anyway. Um, I, I love Little Sparks, it's, it's, it's my favorite album of De Laurentiis, as you said, like you were on the judging panel when they, when they won the Choice Music Prize for it. And this isn't Little Sparks. So there you go. There's my, there's it, my it's criticism. It's not the strongest album that they've made. No, it's not. I mean, that is, for me, that is their strongest album. And um, I'm not going to say they've, they've peaked with, with just that album, but it, it, I, mean, I, mean, I, I will always bring it back to that collection of songs with probably De Laurentiis at their strongest as of yet. Uh, moving on to just which is not really a criticism is it I don't think so no um, if that's the best criticism you come yeah, up with true. I'll take it. <laughs> just mustard Wednesday is up next this is they don't like being described as this but it's very much a shoegazy type album released with pizza pizza records uh, this was probably the biggest curveball that was um, in the short list maybe alongside the academic I suppose uh, I think it's a good album it was recorded uh, by the guitarist and vocal Dave Noonan at their home studio and then there was a bit of additional recording from Robo Cobra Quartets Chris Ryan up in Belfast start together studios and this is fine. I think that Just Mustard are a better live band. I saw them for the first time at Hardworking Class Heroes and they blew my mind. I think that that kind of felt like their coming out party. And maybe they're a band who kind of benefited from, uh, you know, kind of end of the year hype. They're in a lot of people's thoughts as they're compiling the shortlist. I mean, I, I got the album on record. I think it sounds good all together. It hangs together really well. But like, I mean, if I was to pick highlights, there's nothing that really stands out. I think the... I mean, I'm, I'm from Cork. I'm going to say it. I think Altered Hours do this, uh, like, a lot better, which I, I don't know. Is that fair to say? I th- I really like the album, but uh, I, th- I think uh, there are other albums I might throw in there ahead of it. I was surprised when they, they got the nomination, and I think they were surprised. I, I interviewed them a few weeks ago, and, like, to a man, they were all like, yeah, we weren't actually listening 
out for the nominations when they were when it was broadcast on, on radio on uh, 2FM and like one of the members of the band actually said that well like we were probably a bit more you know concerned that Kojak wasn't going to make the shortlist so they they <laughs> really weren't thinking it wasn't really on the radar that they were going to get nominated which is a good thing I, I guess in one sense but I'm surprised that they they got nominated not because of the album but because Okay, it's re- released through a very small label, Pizza Pizza Records, up and up and dock. But there wasn't a huge PR campaign. Mm-hmm. Sorry, th- there was a very small PR campaign, if any, put behind the album. So it really has been word of mouth, and sometimes um, word of mouth can only get you so far. So I am surprised that three, four, five of the judges maybe voted for them to get onto the to the shortlist. But I'm really glad because guitar music, as you know, has made a huge comeback over the last 12 to 18 months. And it's good to have, I guess, a representative on the shortlist of a band from the last 12 months that is predominantly guitar music. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that they're, I'm, I'm glad that for that reason that they're, they're on the shortlist. I, I like the album. I think they're, I agree with you, they're more of a live band. I've seen them live before and they really hold your attention. There's something very compelling about them when, when you do see them perform live and it makes sense. It clicks. You're watching them going, okay, now I get it. Whereas it doesn't really relate that much when you're when you when you listen to the to the album and you, you mentioned the fact that um they don't like being referred to as shoegaze music and, and probably mosaics don't like being pigeonholed but they like they are into electronic music and hip-hop music but they're influenced by the likes of Warpaint, apex twin and porter's heads which i thought was quite interesting oh, okay. so porter's head made, made a lot of sense to me when they when they said that um I, th- I think it's great that they're on the shortlist, and I think they're definitely, definitely one that you're, you're going to keep an eye on over the next year or two. Moving on, Kojak, Delhi Daydreams is next. I'm going to let you go first on, on this one, John. Delhi Daydreams, it's, it's the, the first time I heard a track from Delhi Daydreams was White Noise, and it is an absolutely incredible track. And what first an intro- track on the album. Yeah, the first track on the album. What, what an introduction that is. Originally written as a spoken word piece, and not, he had never even intended to put it onto the album, and I think he played it once when he was supporting Rubber Bandits, and it came across really well, and it worked. And I think from there on, it kind of grew and grew. Um, but they, like Daily, Daily, Daily Daydreams for me is, um, it's I guess it's a mouthpiece for the frustrated youth that are that are living in Dublin and it's it's a vignette of working life in Dublin in particular it gets into the mindset of somebody that's working in maybe a mundane job a nine-to-five job probably retail and they're only doing it to pay the bills they, they need to make some cash and that results in frustration and having to do something like this with your day Monday to Friday instead of doing something that you're quite passionate about which is maybe art or music or something along those lines so there's a resentment there of you know life has made them have to take this particular job and they'd rather do other stuff with their lives and they're neglecting the other stuff that they're that they are most passionate about and it's the it's this particular deli worker it's the the run-up to his his christmas party and emotions are running high and you you get a great sense in that character of working life in dublin and what it means to be at that stage in your life regardless of how many years that stage goes on for but he's he's angry. There's resentment. But the great thing about him is that it's it's a full rounded character. So there's also this uh, vulnerability with him, which comes through uh, comes through in in a, in a couple of the tracks. So uh, one of the important things about him, I think, is that uh, you, you kind of this, this there's this issue of masculinity and that yeah, we're men and we have to be macho and we you know we can't show our true emotions. But through this character, you see that it's okay to to 
you know, be a little bit emotional. It's okay to like to to say that you know, love is an important aspect of your life. So I really like that uh, that that character. It's it's a full rounded character. It's not just a, a kind of limited character. And so this uh, this uh, this album, as as we now call it, Delhi Daydreams, uh, was an album that I'd listened to mostly by myself you know on uh, through my headphones usually when i was walking and it made so much sense and it's the first time on that uh, an irish hip-hop album has made sense to me that i've connected with every every other hip-hop album has been very kind of in my in my eyes quite or my ears quite americanized you know i haven't really re- I've, I've enjoyed the music but have i really related to it whereas with ellie daydreams i was like from the from i from the moment i heard white noise i was like yes this makes sense to me somebody that's lived in dublin their whole life yes okay i get this and, and when 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 but for me it was just it was a very indi- individual uh, appreciation so i'm walking along i'm listening to this album over and over again and it's amazing and then i go to see him in the academy in december and i'm i'm surrounded by all these other people and they've all had the same experience as me listening to daily daydreams and it, they, he he comes on stage with his small enough band and they start off with white noise and everybody to a man in the crowd shouts back the words. And it was so powerful. It was beautiful. You're just Northside DC, baby. John. <laughs> it's true. I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, as you said, it's a concept album. Uh, he says it, w- it was released on Bandcamp uh, by Kojak, who released a couple of viral videos um, over the past couple of years. But I don't think anybody was expecting uh, this to be what he comes out with as his... Uh, I think this is his debut album. I think he released a mixtape um, last year, the year before as well. He says, uh, it's a conceptual project chronicling a week in the life of a deli worker. The project meanders through the daydreams of Kojak, the main protagonist, as he contemplates love, life and loneliness in the lead up to the annual work Christmas party. The project is a vignette of working life in Dublin, mundanity, madness and escapism. And that's everything that I got from this album as well. You mentioned that it's an album. I kind of kept track on track of that on Twitter. The Choice Prize had on their website the list of rules. They said that an album must be over 33 minutes, 20 seconds in length, or a minimum of nine separate tracks and a minimum of 25 minutes of music. Delhi Daydreams is eight tracks and 27 minutes. So initially it didn't qualify, and then suddenly uh, there was a change in rules. If you were paying attention, and I'm a bit of a, a nerd, so I was, uh, then it changed to... An album must be over 33 minutes, 20 seconds in length, or a minimum of eight separate tracks and a minimum of 25 minutes of music. So Delhi Daydreams therefore qualified. And it's right that it did because it's a really important album for 2018, for 2019 as well. I've listened to it countless times over the past number of months and I just never, ever get sick of it. From from that first uh, track, White Noise, into uh, Foot Out the Skoda, Shout Out to Oprah, it's it's so much fun. It's so touching. It's so emotionally rending. You've got eviction notice on it as well, which is just like melts me every time that I hear it. Key and Kavanaugh's vocals on that are unbelievable. Uh, I th- I think that uh, this does something that maybe I don't get from any other album on the shortlist. It's really really great. I think it's a brilliant brilliant album. 
Uh, I think that you said everything about it. So maybe we'll just move on to uh, the next album on the list, which is Lisa O'Neill, Heard a Long Gone Song, which is not an album title. I expect many people to be able to say after the choice prize ceremony, after a couple of points have been had. It's, uh, it's a hard one to wrap your tongue around. This is one that I haven't listened to that much, um, I must say, even though I really, really appreciate and really uh, enjoy what Lisa O'Neill does with her music. It's such a sparse album it's mostly just her vocal a little bit of banjo a little bit of acoustic guitar a little bit of percussion as well and um her vo- her vocal is marmite um i don't know if she's going to get to the latter stages of the judging just because i think people are going to be a little bit turned off by her voice but she kind of sounds like nobody else in dublin or in irish music even and it's very much a traditional album it's good to see that there is a traditional album on the shortlist i really like again. it again again yeah um i i said that i was listening to it in the walk in the rain to our meeting tonight to talk about the shortlist and it made a lot of sense just you know it's just really really nice it's not an album that i put on when i'm sitting at home when i want to relax but it's an album that i think does kind of take you away a little bit um it's a powerful album is what i'm trying to say it is no it, it definitely is i'm i'm straight up not a fan of her her vocals however i enjoyed this album a lot more than her previous three albums um in, in, in particular like standout tracks for me were, were blackbirds actually the standout tracks for me were when her vocals were probably a bit more subdued and fit, fitted in line or complemented maybe whatever instrumentation was involved in, in each track so blackbird for me was a, a really really lovely song um, especially when this when the strings kicked in as well, and Violet Gibson was another one that that stood out for me, and well, I, I, the name not only the song but the name Violet Gibson stood out for me because I'd remember reading about her before as being this um, this woman who tried to assassinate Mussolini in 1926, and as she went to shoot him, uh, he just moved his head at the last moment and she she, she kind of shot him in the nose, grazed his nose, and unfortunately uh, she missed. <laughs> so, um, but she ended up. She was fifty years of age at the time, but she ended up in a in a mental asylum as well. But I love I love that song as well because because uh, Lisa O'Neill's vocals are a bit more subdued, and it, there's a, there's something a bit more I don't know believable or a bit more honest about it when when her vocals are like that. But the problem that I have with Lisa O'Neill is that most of her songs, as you said, are quite sparse in instrumentation. So if her vocals are not to your required taste, well then. You know, you're 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 going to have difficulties with it. However, it, it, initially, I have to say, when I saw that Lisa O'Neill had made the shortlist, I was thinking, oh come on, you know. Yeah. And then I I I, I listened to the album because I hadn't before that, and the album grew on me. And um, I'm actually I'm I'm actually really really glad as well that along with the academic, which I initially was like, eh, maybe we could have, we, there's a better album that could be on the shortlist. I'm glad that Lisa Lisa O'Neill made the shortlist. Uh, o Emperor is next in the in the old alphabet. O Emperor nominated for their third and final album, Jason, which is a bit of a joke. They say that themselves, that, you know, we just wanted to name it. They called it Jason. Uh, I think that this is such a great album. It sounds like nothing else on the shortlist. It's a mix of jazz, Afrobeat, a little bit of what they've done before, but not that much. Uh, We were talking about them a little bit beforehand, and we were talking about their first album. I mean, if you played people their Emperor's first album and then played them Jason they wouldn't believe that it was the same band they've had such a journey such a growth signed and dropped by a major label in the space of a year Uh, that's all been charted quite well but I think songs like 
Okay, so recording-wise, it was recorded uh, through a lot of jamming in the studio, and eventually um, they came out with this, I think it's 34-minute long album that I think hangs together really, really well. You've got Boogie Wonderland, which I think... I was listening to it on the bus up to Dublin today, and I just think there's so much going on there. It's just layer upon layer of different stuff to almost, like, distract you and take you away somewhere else that you can go. And, uh, I mean, that uh, musicianship runs throughout the whole album. There's a couple of little skits as well. You know, when are the lads going to get the recognition they deserve? They've got the recognition they've deserved, John. They deserve to be on the shortlist. It's the best album that came out of Cork last year. I think it's one of the best albums of last year, and I hope that it's right up in the final reckoning when the judges come down to it on Thursday night. Well, my first thing, Alan, that I have to say is, are you are Cork claiming this Waterford band now? Come on. They're, it, they're a Cork band, damn it. Even, even though they're, uh, they're kind of spread all over the place now. Yeah. There's uh, one of them in Dublin, Dublin, one of them in Waterford, a couple in Cork as well. So I, I said Cork. <laughs> they're a Cork band. You said Cork with a wink, though, in fairness. No, they, th- th- this album on is, is an album that I, I am going to go back and, and, and listen to a lot more, I think, because I did listen to it when it originally came out. And I've, I've been a huge fan of O Emperor since Hither Tither came out in, I think, 2010. Uh, and you're right. If, if anybody had been away for a few years and then decided to come back and listen to O Emperor, they, w- they wouldn't even recognize them now. Hither Tither was, was a, a wonderful debut album, I, I think. But for me, their greatest strength is performing live, and which is going to contradict what I'm about to say, because this album really is a, is a live album. I think you you need to see O Emperor live to fully appreciate how good they are as as musicians. And the problem I have with this album is that it's a it's a jamming session. I mean that's what it is. Like they had eight nine hours of recorded music, and they've I guess edited down to to thirty five minutes. At times it's excellent. At times you go yes that's that's O Emperor. I can I can imagine them performing that, and you you're you're sucked into the studio. And you can imagine them performing that track live. And then at other times, it's very, for me, self-indulgent. And I kind of go, ah, oh, lads, that did, no, that doesn't work. So it's it, for me, it's 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 very much hit or miss. And I say that as a huge O Emperor fan, and I've followed him for years. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that when you heard some of the standalone singles before the full hearing them as part of the full album, you might have been like, I'm not sure what to expect from that. The likes of New Fish Tank, perhaps. But I think that there are five or six tracks in this. I already mentioned Boogie Wonderland. I I just want to listen to that again and again uh, for the rest of the um the weekend, the rest of the week. I think there's so much going on in that track. Girl is a great track as well uh japan which is kind of poking fun at bands you know you want to make it big in japan so i think it's a very uh knowing album as well and what a way to go out in my opinion i guess i can see the jamming aspect of it but i I really like the way that there's so much going on and they sound so different to everything else that's on the short list reggie snow for dear annie is up next i don't think that this album is going to win even though i think it's really really great in places there's some brilliant songs on this record it's a second rap i think that this is the first choice short short list which has had two rap albums up so you can you can smell you can hear the changing of the guard that's happening at the moment in popular music in ireland and this sounds very much an album of the world uh i remember first hearing it when i was really really sick in bed i had just finished binge watching uh Derry Girls and I put on Dear Annie and it just it just felt like it never ended it felt I think it goes on for like 70 minutes 
and there's a lot of throwaway stuff in there it sounded like it could be cut down by about half an hour cut those skits uh which you know you, you just don't need on re- repeat listens but then there are just some absolute bangers on the album as well but a lot of, i was i was thinking about it today okay so i saw him at iceland airwaves the first time that i've seen reggie snow and it was i thought it was a really terrible show because there, it, it was just him and a DJ on stage and it seemed like he wasn't doing stuff for a lot of it. And I feel if you cut Reggie Snow's vocals out of this album, I don't know if you're missing that much. I have no idea what kind of a rapper he is. I don't know if he's a great rapper because, I mean, this is an album about love, but I, I think he's barely in it. He says himself that he, he's not a great rapper. I mean, he, he says himself that probably his main strength is not rapping um, and I don't think he feels overly confident with his with his vocals. So, like I I, I think some of the some of the tracks on it are uh, great. You know, um, you you can listen to any of them and they they strike you straight away. But what what did you think about it? You've probably played uh, him quite a bit on the show over the past year. Well, actually, I've I've played him more before the album came out, and that's one of my um, that's my main criticism of this album is that I I fell in love with Reggie Snow and his music with tracks that never made it to this album so the likes of drugs flexing crooked cops is a f- brilliant am i allowed to curse oh yeah yeah right, well I'm, I'm not it's going to I'm, ju- I'm not going to yet i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm gonna hold that one no crooked cops uh, pink beetle i absolutely adore as well and none of those tracks plus more made it onto this album and i, I really don't understand that um however it's it's a really really good album um and in, in, in any other year on this would easily be talked about as the one of the red hot fav- favorites to win it, and it's not even as far well preempting what we're going to say in a few moments time. It's it's probably not even in the the top two or three albums that will will probably be going forward to the the main shortlist uh, next Thursday when the judges sit around the table. But I mean, if you put this album there any into last year's shortlist, it would be up there as, as as one of the favorites. So I think it's it's just that this shortlist this year is very very strong in comparison to other years, and. It's not the other reason is that it's not an album that has probably lasted the course of time and I'm not even talking about 20 years or 30 years I'm talking about a few months but like initially when this came out I thought it was it was a great album and I loved it and I listened to it a lot and as the months have gone on and I've gone back to it now and again not too often I've been like yeah I haven't been like it has, it's not an album that has stayed to me certainly not in comparison to other albums on the shortlist my other criticism is that and and this is purely because we've been talking about Kojak and Deadly Daydreams. It's it's very, like that's a, an Irish album. This is very Americanized, and it's well, which is fine. I mean, that's the market that he's 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 going for, um, and there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But in terms of my connection with it, if I it feels very Americanized. And saying that, the highlights are, and again, going back to what you were saying about his his vocal skills, his delivery, it's the tracks I think where he collaborates with. Uh, other singers or vocalists that they're they're the main highlights. So Egyptian Lover is one of the best tracks of the of the last years. It's it's incredible. Um, collaborated with uh, Amine and Danny Williams. Twenty three is with Caroline Smith. Pink Lemonade is with Cam O B. 
And another one of the highlights easily is Charlie Brown, which he collaborates with Anna of the North on. And of course, this is a reworking, I guess, loose reworking from of the Republic of Loose's track, Steady Song. And Mick Pyro is uh, a huge fan of this particular oh. uh, interpretation of his old song for Republic of Loose. And the funny thing is, when, when this was brilliant, I mean, this was like, you couldn't have timed this any better. So when I went to see Reggie Snow playing in the Olympia Theatre, and I think it was March, I'm standing pretty much in the pit in front of the stage. So I can see, if you've been to the Olympia Theatre before, I can see the balconies to my left and to my right. So he played the steady song. He played only about a minute, a minute and a half of it, which was another disappointing thing about the gig. I have no idea why I didn't play the full song, but he only played a minute, minute and a half. And say about 20, 30 seconds in, I, for some reason, just decided to look to my right and open the balcony. Mick Pyro appeared out of nowhere. And like the Queen Mother was like, waving down to the crowd hello my lovies hello <laughs> and then he was gone and then they stopped like they moved on to a different song in the cellist but it was quite funny but I, I found his live performance as well a little bit underwhelming it was just him and the dj and it was great and there was a real surge from the crowd for the first bit and then it was like okay he needs something more so he, he definitely needs a band with him maybe on stage yeah, going yeah. forward However, it's his first... Some killer tunes. Ma- main tour. Yeah, some a- absolute killer tunes. Killer tunes. Yeah, yeah need, needs a little bit of uh, work, a little bit of editing. Saint Sister released their debut album, long away the debut album, Shape of Silence, which is absolutely brilliant. It's got my song of the year on it in Twin Peaks. I re- What a song. What a great song. Um, I, I, I guess one of the things that you can throw at it as a bit of a criticism as the album is that... Well, it has been a long time coming. We heard Madrid back in like 2015, I think, three years ago, causing trouble, corpses and Tin Man all kind of followed in those years. So it kind of felt like it it has been a long time coming. And um, maybe as a new piece of work, you're kind of like, I expected a little bit more. But I mean, like, I'm just trying to nitpick. I think this album is so good. It really, really takes me away. Like, uh, I was even listening to it while I was... um, uh, on a long drive recently and it was just just everything about it those the vocals are so nice they're so warming um j- like just twin peaks i mean that track is something else i mean what what did you think of the album as a whole i love it but just like touching on what you're saying there you're, you're talking about the the vocals the harmonies they're so warm they're so it's like they wrap themselves around you and yet there's this darkness to their music as well and in particular their lyrics so you have that like juxtaposition and it's 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 beautifully done and it's such a hard thing to do i mean if, if you if you go through their lyrics there's a real darkness there madrid is the I think their their debut single and the first line is I'm glad I don't know where you go when you're lonely and it's what an introduction you're like yes these the, 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 there are those harmonies the, the music is absolutely perfect but there's also that kind of dark side to their to their lyrics as well uh, I I love the album there's there's three times in this podcast I'm gonna say I love this album and I've I think I, I hope I said it for Delhi Daydreams and Shape of Silence I absolutely love this album I've gone back to it so many times so many times. And that obviously is the the essence of, of a good album. It's um, I, I do feel like I get something else from it every time that I listen uh, to it, um, and and it doesn't outstay its welcome either. Uh, their vocals just match up so well together. Uh, there's like I, I don't really like the spoken word part in one of the tracks. I think some of the percussion maybe is a little bit repetitive. Yeah. But I th- I think you know you can only really nitpick at the edges for this. No, it's it's it's. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's a, it's it's a wonderful album. 
they they appeared on 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 the show that I present a few years ago, and it was one of the few moments that an act has performed live, and I've actually gone, holy shit, that was beautiful. <laughs> and then I've got Dennis who works at me looking at me going, John, we're live. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so I, I had to compose myself, but they're they are they're yeah they're they're brilliant. I I would love, absolutely love if if. Saying sister won. Can you imagine if we're standing in the crowd next week in Vicar Street and they're announced as the winners? People love like, them. They, how they'd happy be, would you be more than deserved winners as well. Uh, they said that we could have released it a long time ago, but it would have been very different. We didn't want to just throw together the first batch of songs that we had written. We wanted to push it and make something that we were really proud of that made sense as a piece of work. I mean, this makes sense as a piece of work. I mean, if you're a fan of three or four years standing, if you're just a new fan that's only come to them since the album was released, I think that this is such a, such a lovely warming album moving on uh, we're almost I, there now I, I thought you were going to suggest we, we put it on we have a listen to it and then <laughs> oh, we man, move on we could we could just like yeah. relax and just listen to that now for the rest of the for the rest of <laughs> the show just put the microphones beside your phone and let Spotify work its magic uh, Villagers are up again this is their fourth album their fourth nomination the last album was kind of a Connor solo record this sounds like a Connor solo record with a little help from his friends um, he recorded this, a lot of this, in his studio uh, in central Dublin, like upstairs in an attic. He's talked about this a couple of times. Uh, 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 sorry, an, an attic where there was no room whatsoever. If it was just him sitting there in his own, he, he said there was very little room. But then you have to understand that he had a shitload of equipment put into that small attic. And he's a small guy, and this is what he says himself. And even when like he stood up, he'd whack his head off the top of it. So there wasn't a lot of room there. And at the start, I think for him, it was quite exciting. Here's this new way of, of writing and recording music in comparison to the way he's done it before. But can you imagine? You get quite claustrophobic, I'm sure, after a while. And this is a song about like uh, having writer's block, about about the creative process and this is why i think that it's just so interesting he sings on the opener again i let it flow into a bottomless hole again as i feel it ripple and ready its soul again alone again on trick of the light he sings uh my faith is in the balance of a million tiny words so i return to silence he channel he channels ozymandias in, on fool he says i'm a fool love for the burden of the promise of eternal life in heaven and uh, then on Real Go-Getter, which is such a great track, he says, uh, if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. I mean, he's talking about the creative process, which is such an interesting subject that we don't hear artists talking about uh, that much. And he, he, as you said earlier on, he came from Darling Arithmetic, which was his previous album, which was very much like a, a solo album. I have to say, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, to this album, which is so much more upbeat, there's there's a groove there. There's a groove throughout. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and it, it, there's a there's a huge amount of different instrumentation going on. It, lo- loads of different sounds, and he um, originally decided that he wasn't going to record an album. That he was just going to experiment, and he was going to make an instrumental album and make this kind of weird electronic project, if you like. And then he realized after a while that he just wasn't able to do it. He was too institutionalized and that he had to include words, lyrics, and then vocals, obviously. And in, in his own words, and Connor has said this before, he, he realized that he was an old crow and that he got really annoyed at himself. He was like, damn you, why can't I just do this thing that I want to do? But the good thing was that he incorporated this. So he said he, he's, he learned a huge amount through recording this album in terms of like very technical uh, recording stuff so he was able to apply it to his old uh, traditional method of of writing and recording songs 
And I think that's the way he's, he's like, I, I would imagine his next album is going to be even more kind of ambitious and probably have more of a, more of a groove to it. I love this album. I think it's, I think everybody loves this album. It's, I've ne- I actually have not met anybody yet that's gone, yeah, Art of Pretending to Swim. Yeah, it's a little bit bland. No, it's not. It's an amazing, amazing album. I think it's, it's, it's the best Villagers album. I love it. Again, it's another one of, of the albums on the shortlist that uh, I've gone back to time and time again. And it works live. You see him. Uh, we, we saw villages together actually I th- I think in Donnybrook. Uh, yeah, su- supporting the national, and that was kind of like the coming out party for these songs, and it was, it was so great. Yeah. It was like there's trumpet over there, there's stuff going on over there. I think there's a bit of flugelhorn in there that Connor's been learning on his Instagram <laughs> and showing everybody over the course of the year as well. And he looked happy on stage. He looked delighted on stage he looked like he was having the time of his life and that comes across in the music i think like the only criticisms if i had to throw at the album i don't think ada is a great track and i don't think that i love the soul sample and love came with all that it brings i think it's a little bit jarring but as we said it sounds like connor is having the time of his life and so who are we to complain exactly can i throw in just a little bit about and i don't like doing this but I did manage to make a cameo appearance. You did. I was hoping you'd bring it up and I wouldn't have to look like I was... I wasn't sure if you wanted to show your, your colours that you've nailed them to well, the mast. E- enough time has passed now that I feel that I can say that I made a cameo appearance in the video for Fool directed by Bob Gallagher. They asked me, listen to this, they asked me to sit in a restaurant drinking wine and pretending to be on, on a date with this Argentinian girl. And I was like, really guys, do you think I've nothing else to do with my time on a Monday morning? It's great. Oh, on a Monday morning? It was a Monday morning, oh. no less. Perfect time for like a date, so yeah, it was good fun. <laughs> but yeah, uh, great so album. Your I love track it. Of the year, obviously, your video of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, trick of the light. If we're talking about videos of the year, which is the previous um, song that Bob Gallagher made a, a, a video for with with Conor O'Brien, is genius. I mean, as great as that track is, and I, I remember hearing that on BBC Six Music over the summer. They played it so much, and I remember thinking, wow, what an amazing introduction to this new album. But the video, I think, as well, made it. Everybody was talking about it. And you have Brian Quinn, BQ, who's the main actor in it, who's a Will Ferrell lookalike. If, you're, if you've seen the video, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It was it, it, such a, a very, very uh, comedic, humorous moment. And finally... We're at the end of the shortlist. It's Wyvern Lingo for their self-titled album, Wyvern Lingo. I mentioned Del Rento's made a really great pop album uh, last year. I think Wyvern Lingo made the great pop album of last year. This album is so great. They're another band who are maybe like Saint Sister. They've been around for a while. They've been around for a long time. I remember seeing them in Kinsale at the Arts Festival in the middle of the day. Uh, when it, when it was still the three of them, they formed in school, so they've been going since then. And it was just a couple of acoustic guitars and uh, one of those blocks that you kind of tap your hands on. Yeah. You sit in it and you tap your hands on, and they were really really good. I wouldn't have predicted this debut album from it. I uh, oh no, I I was uh, lucky enough to to uh, host gigs in the Hard Rock Cafe in 2013, and Wyvern Lingo played at one of those gigs with with, with Zaska. So. Yeah, we're, wow. we're going back a good few years. It was probably, probably around the, the, same, the year, same, yeah, same time. 2013, 2014. So, I mean, pa- you talked about Patience with Saint Sister. Wyvern Lingo have definitely taken their time recording and releasing this, this debut album. And uh, some of the tracks from around that time, maybe not 2013, but definitely 2014, 2015, are on uh, this album. So, uh, like tracks such as Used, F- uh, Fountains, Subside was done a little bit after, but like there, there are... Whereas I think Saint Sister probably, I mean, if we're looking at debut albums, 
I don't know of any other of the debut albums possibly has used as much of their back catalogue as Wyvern Lingo. However, Saint Sister probably have a little bit. And I'm regretting saying this now because I'm thinking of the seven albums. <laughs> um, no, I mean, as you say, like Snow, Snow 2 as well uh, is kind of like a re-record of a track that I think might be their most played on Spotify or was their most played on Spotify. But uh, I mean, just the vocals and the way that they hang together, it's a real R&B album as well i mean the stuff that they're doing with their voices is just really really fun to listen to it's a really fun album um they've really grown into this role and seeing that growth over the course of the year and seeing it culminate in such a great debut album it's real it's real kind of like satisfaction that they kind of reach this level you know that they could and you're pulling for them and i mean I, i don't think that there's much that i can nitpick with this album i think it's really really great i think lyrically as well they do some really interesting things they talk about some interesting subjects as well yeah it's it's, it's a really good r&b album and a really good irish kind of r&b uh, pop album i think the 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 first half of it is probably better than than the second half you have like a, a kind of the first four tracks in particular are probably the strongest possibly like out of what out of my hands i love you sadie maybe it's my nature and crawl yeah. and then i'm not i'm not suggesting that it plummets after that but it certainly isn't this isn't as strong it's kind of I like think a, side, a side two kind of album you yeah know? It kind of like yes. takes a bit of a chill but i think uh snow two is such a gorgeous track just as you were talking there i went on spotify to, to see what is their most popular track and used uh has nearly well has over three and a half million streams whereas i love you sadie doesn't even have half a million so there you go doesn't even have half doesn't million. even like <laughs> it has a measly oh like, i love four hundred thousand. It's, it's such a jam oh it's great it's such yeah. a great track uh-huh. and i'm delighted for quiva and karen and Sirisha that they got this recognition as well. yeah it's it's, it's great and suddenly we're at the end of the shortlist john that's the 10 albums that's what the judges are going to be talking about and debating about for a couple of hours on thursday night well a lot of people are crammed into vicar street to watch nine of the 10 acts reggie snow is the only act who's not going to be performing on the night it's a really really great night i definitely recommend going along if you're uh if you're into that kind of thing if you're into live music if you like seeing bands but the most important thing john who do you think is going to win who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win? God damn it. Who do I think is going... Who, who do I want to win? So, okay. S- very, very easy answer here. I would love for any of Villagers, Kojak, and Saint Sister to win. Because Villagers have won before, I'd probably... I would love if it was Kojak or Saint Sister. Either of those two, I would I would absolutely be thrilled. Or, obviously, if, if Villagers won. So, any of those three, but maybe Kojak and Saint Sister. I think, having looked at the, to answer the second party question, having looked at the judges, and without saying who I think each one is going to go for, I think it's going to come down to, of the ten judges, four are going to go with Villagers, three are going to go with Kojak, three are going to go with Saint Sister. Therefore, you've got Villagers against Kojak in the final. Those two albums battling, battling it out, or those two acts battling it out, and I think more of the judges will go for Villagers. Therefore, Villagers for the win. If you're listening to this before Thursday, go to Paddy Powers, put money on the art of pretending to swim to win. Oh, do do not, I, don't, I do not endorse that message. But we but. do not endorse that. However, if you see me afterwards and you've won money, please... Buy me pints. Yeah. I, oh, and who I, do you think, who, who would you like to see win and who do you think is going to win? Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to those two. I mean, you can flip a coin as to who you want or think is going to win. I think it's, um, I'd, I'd really like to see St. Sister win. I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but I think it's between Kojak and Villagers. Um, I, I was thinking beforehand, 
just split the price just because Kojak is just talking about modern life in a way that uh, few have articulated maybe in recent years. He really gets across that anger and despondency about the modern youth experience. Um, it's such a short album. Maybe that will count against him. The, you know, you take away a couple of skits, it's only five, a five track album and about 25 minutes. Does that even count? I don't know if the judges are going to be discussing that. I, th I think it is an album. I think uh, it hangs together really well. Um, and, and then, as I said, I think uh, Villagers have just created probably the album of their career, probably their best album. And talking about something that I haven't heard discussed in an album before, that creative process. So, I mean, s split the prize money. If I had to come down to it, uh, I think Kojak is going to win. Um, yeah, I think it will be much deserved, a totally independent release. Not that that really has anything to do with it. I don't think that that's something that really is a plus or a minus in anybody's book anymore. But I think, uh, I, th I think it's just the album of the year. Every time I listen to it, I'm just like, just amazed at how strong his vision was and his ability to encapsulate that into just such a tight thing. Um, I, th I think Daily Daydreams is the album of the year. Even going all the way back to the actual album cover itself and the vinyl release that he did in September, it's got that Centra Delhi sticker on the cover. That attention to detail is unbelievable. There's not a second wasted on that album. Uh, it's, it's my album of the year. Uh, I picked it as my album of the year on the point of everything, and I'm nailing my colors to the mask, Kojak, for the win. Okay. We'll find out on Thursday. Yeah, uh, that's it. Thanks a lot for uh, listening. Thanks a lot to uh, John Barker, Totally Irish, uh, every Sunday night, uh, 9 to 11 p.m. on uh, 98 FM. And I'm looking forward to the Choice Prize ceremony. I've been a couple of years in a row now. It's one of my favorite nights of the year. So, John, thanks a million for doing this. Thanks, Owen. It's uh, been great fun as always. We'll, we'll see you in uh, March 2020.